Morning, good morning. Oh, we can do better than that. Good morning. All right, praise God. We thank God for being here on today. We are ready to get ready to lift up the name of Jesus on this morning. We pray that you came with a heart of expectancy. The only way to get something out of worship is to give yourself in worship. So if you're expecting this morning, you're going to receive exactly what you are expecting and here on this worship stage this morning, we are expecting the Holy Spirit to move. So we ask you to just allow God to lead you this morning in worship, and everything we do will be pleasing in his eyesight. Let us do a quick prayer. Father God, we come before you this morning with bowed heads and humble hearts. Father God, we come emptying ourselves out so that you may fill us up on this morning, Lord. We ask you, Father God, to just let a cloud of your glory rest on this place, Father. Saturate our hearts and minds, Father God. Your word says that when we come into the presence of God, we cannot remain the same. So, Father God, we come this morning praying for everyone to have that heart of expectancy, Father God. For everyone to have that heart of worship, Father God. For us, Father God, to be on one accord. We're all members of one body, Father God. If we go together, Father God, there's nothing we cannot do or accomplish in your namesake. So, Lord, once again, we come this morning right now, Father God, asking you to use not only the worship team, but each and every person in this room, Father God. Let us gather for worship this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
is always perfect. One thing about me, I love, I love, I love to worship. I don't have to be told to worship. Nobody has to force me to worship because he gave me breath this morning, because I live and I move and I have my being. No one needs to make me worship this morning. So as we worship through this song this morning, listen to the words. Listen as God tells you what it is he's done so that you know what you should be doing. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. 
when you say Lord there's a surrender there's a surrender when you say Lord the man next to Jesus on the cross he didn't say a special prayer he said Lord remember me and Jesus said surely I tell you today you'll be with me in paradise Lord Messiah Jesus the Lion of Judah the Lamb of God. All the honor, all the glory, all the blessing. Come on, let's go back into that.
just getting wrecked right now I just felt like the spirit was saying have you ever been desperate you know sometimes it's difficult for people to worship with all of their heart because they've never been desperate they've never been desperate for healing they've never been desperate for a blessing I don't know how I'm going to pay my house I'm like I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill they've never been desperate for the Lord you know when they start saying even though I don't see him I know he's working there's something in my spirit that just jumps. Woo. I just feel faith rising up. Listen, you have to stir up that faith right now. Don't allow the enemy to block aid you. Don't allow the enemy to block your blessing. Don't allow the enemy to stop your blessing, to stop your miracle. Sometimes God will ask you to do some something different. 
the prophet told the man with leprosy, hey, listen, go and get into that river. Go jump in that river seven times and you're going to be cleansed of leprosy. And the man said, that's dumb. We have better rivers and better lakes and, and seas and everything else. We have better bodies of water where I'm from. Maybe you've been to places with better worship. Awesome. Better instruments. That's great. Better lighting. Hey, amen. Praise God. But God is asking you right now, right here, right now, to worship. Jump in. Jump in. Jump in this morning. Let your faith be stirred up as we go back into this, as we start singing, as we start declaring. Don't just read the words. Declare the words with all of your might. Come on. Stop working. 
I just want all you to say to hear this from God this morning. As I was driving here, he said, uh, you know, all these people are standing on Mercy Street. Do you realize that that's an undeserved favor? And a God doesn't hold that against you. Just, you know, your forgiveness is there. Mercy Street. I mean, we're on Mercy Street. The revival is coming here. And let me let me tell you this. One day the Lord spoke to me about Wall Street. I said, God, I know Wall Street of the United States, a commerce building where people rise and fall in a split second. I mean, they're crying, they're screaming, and, uh, you know, they don't have what we have. But let me tell you, I took that to Rick, this anointed man right here, full of wisdom. I said, Rick, I don't understand this. What is this Wall Street? He said, well, that's our address. We are on Wall Street. But God compared our Wall Street that we're standing on, the Mercy Street, as the a commerce of the gospel, where people will flow and come from all over. We are not going to be standing alone. They're going to come to dip into this anointed water. So I, I agree, Kevin says, just like Pastor Kevin, a gift from God to this church, he has said that we will have miracles, and he, he grab it. But remember, Mercy Street is here. There's, there's nothing you've done. There's nothing you can do to stop the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. those words back is am i on am i on green's on. on so i'm on or else i'll get really loud <laughs> will you put those words back up i want everybody in here to really look at that i don't care what desert you're in yeah. i don't care what hole you're in i don't care if you're caught behind a bunch of ice and god has to be your holy icebreaker he is there to wake make a way for you yeah. It don't matter what your situation is. He is here to be your miracle worker. There is nothing that you're facing he can't take care of. And I'll tell you, everything that's written in that book, everything is a promise to you. 
It's a promise to me. And he is a promise keeper. And I don't care what cave you're being in. I've been in a cave. I was trapped in one by my own doing for three years. And a light came shining. It is the eternal light of our Jesus Christ that called me out. I don't care what your situation is. That, what we sing about. And then you go to the next. Go to the next one. How this ties together. We got Waymaker Milk. My God, that's who you are. You are my Waymaker. You are my miracle worker. You are the one that is the light that shines, that brings me out of the darkness. I want everybody to grasp that this morning. So many people are just holding on going, I don't think he can do it. You're talking about the man who set every star into the sky. You're talking about to the God who's formed every planet and had them spinning perfectly into the universe and around the sun. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to gather and circle around the Son of Man, the Son of God, and worship Him. There's some people in here. This ain't message. This is actually still worship. There's some people in here that needs a breakthrough this morning. We may not even get some preaching done. We may just get some miracles done. And that's what God wants to do. You need to worship with your whole heart. Just let it go. Come on, ladies. There you go. Come on. Come on. Don't look at me. Start closing your eyes and worship. Start singing those words. You mean them from your heart.
is who you are. The fruit is who you are. Sing Waymaker, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, My God, that is Yes, come on, put your hands together. You deserve all praise. Oh. Ooh, we thank you, Jesus. Who we thank you, Jesus. Wow. Ooh, God is good. Hey, listen, take this time to say hi to one another, to love on one another. We love you guys. We will be right back. God bless you. Be right back.
Alrighty. Y'all can go ahead and make your way back to your seats. I'm telling y'all, we need another countdown. <laughs> oh, man. Woo. Good morning, Gathering Place. Wow, one person. Good morning. Hey, praise God. I knew y'all were alive. All right. So good morning. Uh, Welcome to the Gathering Place. Uh, My name is Pastor Kevin. I'm the associate pastor here, along with my beautiful wife, uh, Crystal, Pastor Crystal, which is running around somewhere. Thank you. We have the honor and privilege to get to pastor here, so thank you for coming today. All right. Uh, oh, also, if I haven't told you yet, welcome home. Uh, we thank God for you. We're glad you're here in this place. Uh, we, we just, you know, we know that God's going to speak to you today and that he's going to just love on you uh, in this place. And so we're very thankful. I want to give a huge shout out to Pastor DJ who's watching online. Uh, y'all put your hands together. Come on. All right, if you don't know, Pastor DJ is the lead pastor here. Pastor DJ, we love you. Pastor Julie, we love you. Uh, We are praying for safe travels. Uh, We know you guys are watching online right now. Uh, We cannot wait. I cannot wait for you to be here. Uh, I need your help. Uh, We miss you very much, uh, and we love you guys. Uh, So continue to pray for Pastor DJ. He did have a uh, funeral on Saturday for his grandmother, uh, but he will be back later this week. So we are excited for that. Uh, amen, my brother. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> all right. A couple announcements. Uh, we do have the student takeover or student service, okay, next week. That's right. Praise God. So that's Sunday. That's the next Sunday. We actually get students in here, and they're going to be uh, worshiping. They're going to lead worship. But not only that, they're actually going to be sharing, teaching a little bit with the, of the word. Come on, put your hands together. And I am very excited for them. I'm excited for our students. I'm excited for the now generation. Uh, And I'm very, very thankful and grateful, number one, uh, to God, to Pastor DJ, who allows us to do this. It's his joy to be able to see this generation, these youth, uh, you know, doing what they're called to do. Uh, And also very grateful to all of you uh, for being patient, (laughs) kind, and loving and nurturing to them. Uh, You know, it's... It's difficult as well as anybody, but especially a young person, to get up here and to and to worship and to sing and to play an instrument and to, uh, you know, preach. It's it's you know it's intimidating sometimes. So thank you for making them feel at home and loved because they do feel that. Okay, so thank you very much. Okay, uh, also uh, just a couple of other announcements. We do have uh, the flag conference. We're not hosting that. They're just using our building. Uh, but it is available to anybody that wants to come to the flag conference on Friday night. That's available to the public. Uh, but they also, you can register to that. I think we have a slide for that, but uh, it'll be up there shortly. Uh, but you, it's Friday and Saturday. Is that right, Ms. Rhonda? Correct? Okay, good. So it's Friday and Saturday, but the Friday night is available to the public. Uh, Friday and Saturday, if you want to do the whole thing, you can uh, pay online and register, Okay. Um, and if it doesn't pop up there, you can just go to our website, and it, the info will be on there as well. Okay, uh, let's see. Is that all? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so we have Wednesday night. We still have our teens. We're still meeting the GPS now. It's GPS Tribe. 
Uh, students are meeting here Wednesday nights. The kids are meeting here Wednesday nights as well at 6 p.m. They have the 252 unplugged. Uh, and so that's uh, really, really awesome. I encourage you to bring your kids, okay? There's a difference between inviting and bringing, okay? Bringing is you coming. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, how much you want to fight, you're coming. So uh, uh, that's okay. So um, I encourage you to bring them so that they can be a part of what God is doing in this place. All right, uh, the last big shout-out I want to do, I want to give a huge shout-out to my amazing, beautiful wife. Come up here, babe. Come up here. Where are you? Where are you? There you are. I know you didn't want to come, but, you know, this is, this is what it's about. So uh, I want to thank Pastor Crystal. She is an amazing and loving, beautiful wife. So we have been married 13 years today, uh, and it has been a, a hard, well, a great and hard 13 years. Uh, we got married when we were babies. I was 18 years old, and she cradle-snatched me, you know. She was like 20 or something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she has put up with me. She has been my biggest supporter. She has helped me. She has loved me. She's been through deployments and orders and I have to be away with the Air Force and here and there and she's gone through so much uh, and she's just an amazing mother uh, and an amazing pastor to our, our young ladies and so I, I just wanted to tell you babe I love you and here's to another hopefully I don't know 60 70 years I love you all righty I had to do that Pastor DJ I had to do that okay I have the mic, so I'm just saying. All right, without further ado, if you guys can give a big, warm, gathering place welcome to Pastor Rick as he's going to deliver a word this morning. Come on. Good morning, church. Good morning, family. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Good morning, church. Good morning, family. There you go. Because that's what we are. We are one big family here. Amen. You can tell I got excited a little while ago because of our way maker. He is the one to make a way. I can tell you I've, I've needed him to make ways many a time. And he's never been unfaithful because he is that promise keeper. If you need to know him, there's many of us in here that can lead you to him. And he will make a way for you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to take a moment today, and I'm going to talk to you. A little bit, it's going to be my testimony and how I came into ministry. But the whole part of it is I'm doing this because I want to talk about our subject today, and that is to be a conduit of God. There's electrical conduit, electrical wires. It's how electricity flows. We are to be like one of those wires and let God flow through us freely. I'm going to get into a little electrical theory in a little bit. Some of you are like, what? And we're going to talk about, I know we got some people back there that are nerds just like I am. 
And I've honestly, I've been working with electricity and electronics. My dad was an electrician for over 50 years. He raised me up that way. But I also, when I went in the Navy some 35 years ago, I ended up in advanced electronics and electricity. And there's things you learn about electricity. There's something that opposes the flow of electricity, and that's called resistance. We don't want to be resistant, do we? We want to be a free-flowing conduit of God through him. He uses us and pushes and things happen. But I want to give you a little bit of my testimony. Uh, those of you that don't know, when I started out, I was going to a church in Montgomery. It was a startup. It was called the Crossing Church of God. I went there, and we went, walked in on day one. I felt just felt like here. As soon as we walked in day one here, we knew we were with family. And I ended up being the sound man. Guess what? I ended up back being in the soundboard again. Uh, but the thing is, for years, I was just, I allowed God to use me. I, 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 I fixed plumbing. I turned the lights on. I made sure the heat and the air conditioning was running. I made sure the sound sounded good. If garbage had to be taken, I was just a conduit. For, well, wait, that's not very holy there. You taking garbage out there, brother. Yes, it is. Because I was doing it for God. I was doing it for his house. I was doing whatever. And I was being a conduit without resistance to do whatever. To do whatever. And we were there about four and a half years. And one Wednesday night, we didn't have preaching that night. We, the pastor decided to have a prayer service. And I was front row about in this area. You better watch out. I was front row, and I had my hands up. We had the music playing, and everything was going. And all of a sudden, I heard, and the Lord just dumped this in my spirit, and I instantly hit my knees. If you will watch it, look on the board. And there's Isaiah 6 and 1, starting with, and it says, And it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their face, and with uh, two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of the heavens' armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Next verse. We'll go on. I'll just read from here. And it says, Then I said, It is all over. I am doomed. I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. I have an understanding, and I guarantee you everybody in here has had that moment. How in the world? I know what I've done. How can I come before the living God? How can I be able to go before him? I'll tell you, Isaiah was in the place, and he was the man of God. He was the prophet, and he actually realized that he was undone. He saw the grandeur, the holiness of God before him, and he said, I don't deserve this. I can't be before him. How can I? And an angel came down. We know the scripture. The angel came down and placed a hot coal on his lips. Today we we have something better than hot, hot coal. We have the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that covers us. So don't say I'm unworthy. Don't say that. Then one of the seraphim flew 
to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Because I'll tell you, I don't like too hot a coffee. I don't like the burning sensation on my lips and on my tongue. But I sure do love how the blood was applied at the cross of Calvary. Amen. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send? Now, this is the one that got me. I'm just worshiping. I'm the sound guy. I wasn't in my sound booth. It was way upstairs. I was actually able to be down. And I was just worshiping, doing my thing. And I just, Lord, I just felt I got to get on my knees. And I had my hands raised. I don't even remember what the song was that was playing. We didn't have a, we weren't, we didn't have our instruments over here. We had music playing, what we call canned music. We were just playing it. And all of a sudden, I'm raising my hands. And I'm just comfortable with what I'm doing. I don't need to be changed. I don't need any change. I'm doing everything I need to for God. I'm just, I'm by my a comfortable sound, man. Amen. Hallelujah. And then this just slapped me upside the head. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to my people? Whom should I send to be a messenger to my people? Instantly, my heart was pricked. Rick had a decision at that moment on his knees at the crossing church of God, sitting about right there. Like I said, you better watch out. And you sound people better watch out also because you never know where you'll end up. I was right there. And instantly within my spirit, I felt an Isaiah moment, and I instantly said, I will. I didn't say, here I am. No, I just raised my hands, and I said, I will. My wife was there that night. I remember, and there was such a freedom when that happened. I raised my hands up, and I said that. And then instantly, he was like, stand up. I stood up. Rick's five foot ten. I used to be five foot eleven, but gravity took over. But I stood up at that moment. I'm not saying that I'm greater, and I felt like I was higher above everybody. No, I felt his yoke for the first time. When I stood up, I felt like I could look above. There wasn't that many people here, but I felt like I was about six, seven. And I'd never felt my shoulders lighter, and I didn't feel no pressure of the world anymore. I didn't feel the pressures of bills. I didn't feel no pressure. When I said, me, Lord, instantly, it was like, here's my yoke. Yes, I love Jesus. He was my Lord and Savior already, but I hadn't answered him fully and truly. And what he intended, what he wanted me to do in his life, in my life. He, I hadn't answered him yet. And when I did, that's where that moment of his yoke being, let me have your yoke. Put my yoke on. Walk around. You walk around with the yoke of Jesus on you. Hey, your burdens are going to be gone. They're going to be light. They're still going to be there, but you're not going to feel them because he's the way maker. He's the one that's going to be taking care of them. He's the one that's going to be answering. And I answered him at that moment, and I said, I will, Lord. I didn't know what he was going to be. I'm the sound man, the only one that was really doing true ministry, even though sound is a ministry, just like the worship is because the worship is not a was my wife. My wife had been the children's Sunday school teacher everywhere and every time. She did them all. She always asked, hey, baby, 
will you come help me with the children? Uh-uh. I'm, I'm busy in the sound. Come on. I got the children. We got the, the children. Uh, can you help me? I got kind of a couple of rowdy ones. JJ. JJ's in here today. Oh, no. No, no. I got to do the sound. Sound's messed up. I got it. I answered the call to ministry. Do you know the first place he placed me and pricked my heart? I was a children's pastor for the next three and a half years. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I see a lot of these that were in my children's ministry that are now grown up. Mm, Pastor Peter's daughter. They were. I remember when this young Barton young man right here was like three years old in my in there. But I did ministry and I loved every minute of it. And I, I learned to work with these children and I <laughs> I ended up finding out I'm as big a kid as they are. But guess what? I listened to God and I followed what he had intended for me and what he wanted me to do. I was not resistant. I did, it was different. It was something new. Whoa, wait a minute. What's that? Something new. What has our pastor been speaking on since he got back from sabbatical? Something new. We have to be open to something new. Well, my God is never changing. He's unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is, but guess what? He does stuff in a new way. He don't change his mind. He may change some of his, how he does it, but it's all for the same goal. That is to have us in a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, and to empower us through his Holy Spirit and down here on this earth. And if he wants to do it a different way, I'm sorry grandma but I, I, you taught me one way it's going to be this way because the Holy Spirit is directing my shepherd for it to be this way we have to be understanding of that we can't be rebellious sheep we cannot be resistant to the flow here we go electricity there's something about electricity if it goes up against a giant motor Guess what? That's resistance. And it hits and it goes, oh, I don't have enough to get it through. Now, God's got enough to get it through you. You can be resistant all day long. He's going to break you down. But he's a loving God, and he ain't going to sit there and just smash you with his thumb. He's going to love you. And if you're too resistant, he's going to sit there. And there's a thing about electricity. It likes to go to the path of least resistance. And he's going to find a way. If he wants to move in central Alabama and the gathering place doesn't want to follow, he is going to divert and he's going to find the path of least resistance. Let's not be resistant in what God wants to do in central Alabama. There's your electricity uh, lesson. You are now all not allowed to go work on light switches. Please call your electrician. I do not want to hear about somebody getting a perm because they stuck their finger in a light socket. Amen? But we have to learn to not be resistant. Yes, sometimes it's stretching. Sometimes it doesn't feel right. 
And the funny thing about, I'll go back to about the children's ministry thing. Me and her started talking. God laid it on my heart. I was like, what? Children? So there was an opening. There was a children's pastor opening at our church. And I looked at her and I said, I think we need to go for it. I think this is what God wants to do. And she looked at me and she was like, you've never wanted to work with children. I go, no, I haven't, and I still don't, but I'm going to do what God said. So I actually asked our pastor, let's go to lunch after service one day. And the whole thing was this, is, we were going to approach him. I can remember this as vividly as where I was in the church. Our church was back behind, it was off uh, Vaughn Road, and between Vaughn Road and Carmichael is basically across the street from... Uh, Trinity Presbyterian School. And we were leaving there, and there used to be a Zaxby's out on the bypass, and we were cutting through, and we were by where that old Winn-Dixie was and Guitar Center and everything is. We were cutting through that parking lot, and I look at the pastor, and I said, I'm just going to be straight up and honest with you. Me and Sister Vanessa want to take over the children's ministry, and he, we were going through the parking lot, and he slams on brakes, and, you know, I, I'm like going... And he looks at me and goes, you know, we were wanting to take you out to lunch today because we want you and Sister Vanessa to take over the children's ministry. Don't tell me God ain't in it. If we were resistant and we didn't take that lunch date that day and I said no, somebody else would have gotten it or he would have jerked me up and took me to the woodshed a little bit and straightened me out and got me to where I was lined up with him, but I wasn't resistant. And like I said, uh, I'm being honest, that three and a half years was some of the most joyful time in my ministry, working with those children. Now I'm getting too old to work with them again. I'm just, I'm just, no, I love working with children. But that was my start, folks. I could have said, uh-uh. I could have got grandiose and instantly thought, Okay, I'm called to the call of ministry. Uh, where's my church? No, I wanted to be, I decided I was going to follow God's direction to be a children's pastor. That's what it's about. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen, not just individually, but corporately. You come to church here, there's a man named Pastor DJ. He is our shepherd. And when the Lord has spoke to him, and it's also getting reinforced by another man called Apostle Bo, who is now placed not very far from here, when they both are reinforced with the same word, guess what? If you are going to follow, we need to be obedient and not be resistant and follow our pastor. Oh, 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 oh. yes. We don't need to be sitting there going, well, that music just ain't the same. Guess what, folks? I remember about 10 years ago when there were certain denominations that were getting upset and they actually had a southern gospel song that downed and downplayed words on the wall. They'd rather have the hymnal open. I'm sorry, the hymnal is not God anointed. The Bible is God anointed. The hymnal is a book full of songs. But I'll tell you, the true songs to the Lord is out of the book of Psalms. If we want to get technical about it, I don't care if the writing's on the wall. I don't care if it comes out of a redback hymnal. I don't care if it, you got to just guess at them because we ain't got the projectors working, which came really close this morning. 
But I'll tell you, it don't matter where your worship comes from. It can come from anywhere. We don't need to be resistant to such stuff. So many people think, well, that ain't how grandma did it. That ain't how grandpa taught me. Oh, you know how, you know, they were holier than anything. Their name's on the end of the pew. That whole pew, that whole section of pews are dedicated. I don't care. <laughs> that don't make them no better than the word of God, I'll tell you that much. That don't make them no better than the move of the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you. Yes, we honor those that have gone before us, the saints that have paved the way. Yes, but I'll tell you, we don't do church like Peter did. I don't think you faced the suffering of, of Stephen. I ain't heard about anybody in, America, in the United States or uh, Millbrook being stoned to death because of his faith lately. At all. But I'll tell you, we got something that they do have, and that's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to the next scripture. I want you to, re we're going to read in Matthew. Matthew 28 and 18, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is it. This is, this is your marching orders. If any of you are ex-military or current military, you know what I mean. Marching orders. This is your orders. This is how you're supposed to do it. This is every one of us. We're in the army of God. Guess what? This is your orders. This isn't just for the preacher. This isn't just for the evangelist. This isn't just for the teacher. This is everybody who calls on the, upon the name of the Lord and calls upon the name of Jehovah. This is it. This is your orders. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach the new disciples to obey all my commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. Oh, I felt him when I went to the altar that time, but I don't know where he's been. He's in the same place he's always been. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now looking down and hearing your words. He ain't moved one time. He's chasing you down with his Holy Spirit. He's still, he will be with you till the end of the age. We just have to answer our orders. There's a thing about it. it how many ex-military do we got in here? You received your orders. If you didn't show up on that date that you were, what happened? Article 15 time, you were UA. UA, unauthorized absence. AWOL. That word kind of went away. It's UA now. I mean, that's it was when I was in. But UA, the unauthorized absence. You're not supposed to be gone. You're supposed to be where I asked you to be. And that is going through this world sharing Jesus Christ and teaching what I taught you is what he said. Not teaching what some person has taught you and it don't line up with scripture. You're supposed to be lining up with the word of God. Does it say to hit the lost world word with the word? No. I'll tell you, you want to catch somebody? You give your testimony because you are known by your testimony. The word is for the equipping and the empowering of who? The saints. Catch that? So going and screaming John 3.16 in someone's ear that hasn't darkened the door of a church since they were seven years old and went to VBS at uh, First Baptist of uh, 
Huckleberry Finn town. And you start hitting them with scripture, but you tell them how God changed your life. And you tell them how God, you be a conduit of that type of message. You share how God touched you and how God delivered you from things. You don't even have to mention John 3, 16. You live it and you show them how it is in your life. And guess what? You will fulfill the great commission. You've got to be willing, though. Oh, I don't know if I can talk to them. I don't know if I can. I don't know. I'll tell you, if the Lord wants you to speak to somebody, one, he's going to give you the word to say to them, and he's going to open the door. Let's also don't be this person. This is a door. Boom! Let me tell you what God did. Because guess what? When it comes to harvest, there's a process. We got to plow first. That means we got to sit there and break ground. It may be hard. It may be so hard. They're about 27 years old. They ain't been since they went to VBS when they were five years old. That's some hard dirt. It ain't been watered. It ain't. And you got to be the first one to sit there and strike the plow. That's a violent thing. That's a shaking thing. But you're the first one to stir it up. And then you may, that might be all you have to do. Well, wait a minute. I'm supposed to. No. You've been part of the job. Let's be willing. Let's do what we're supposed to. Don't say, if God says, okay, break the ground, that's, he'll tell you. You'll feel it. Okay, that's enough. I need to hush. And then next thing you know, they go to work, and their buddy sits there and starts sharing with them, and that broke, and he can sense God, and the Holy Spirit works through him, and he feels that, feels that broken up ground, and he sits there and goes, I need to plant something in this. Point. And he plants that seed of Jesus within in that ground. And the guy's go. And next thing you know, he's at lunch, and another one of the work buddies comes along and sits there and just waters it. He ain't sitting there, sitting there reading scripture all the time. Yes, scripture is is what we live by. But I'll tell you, to the lost world, it's confounding. They don't understand. But you start sharing your testimony. And guess what? There's three people already involved in this person's life that is starting to direct them. There's three people that have taken the Great Commission and listened to it and did what they needed to do. They're all part of this. And they're stepping toward an end result of that person dropping to their knee. And that last person is going to come along and he's going to be the harvester. Oh, we all want to be the harvester. We want the glory time of seeing people cry and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But I'll tell you, the harvester is no more important than the person that struck the ground and broke up the, the, the hard dirt. It takes us all, and we must not be resistant to how God wants to move with us. Same thing with what we're doing in this church, where we're heading. There's something new coming. There is a new wind blowing. You can feel it. We got to just listen to our pastor, and we got to follow him and be obedient and not be resistant. I might be skipping ahead a little bit, but. Acts 7 and 4, Acts 7 49. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that, asked the Lord? Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both the heaven and the earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to, uh, 
truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. We don't need to get, I ain't saying this, I'm trying to give you an example. We don't need to get caught in that trap. We don't need to get caught in religion. Wait a minute. Religion. Every one of you probably in here go to work during the week and you got a, a uh, alarm set for what time you get up, right? Religiously. You probably have a routine. You get up, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth religiously. I'm sorry, I don't come to church religiously. I come to church because of a relationship. We need to learn that this is relationship-based and not religious-based. We need to let religion be religion and let our relationship be our relationship. And what we need to do in a relationship, things are new and growing all the time. Pastor Kevin celebrating their anniversary and everything. Me and my wife, we have got, we've been, uh, at the end of this month, we will be at 23 years. Is it the same as the first day? Never been. It gets good, gets worse, gets worser and worser, and she points at me. No, it gets good. Things happen. Things change, directions, everything. But we can't be resistant to each other. We, in our relationship, have to work together to keep that relationship going. And if not, you're going to have resistance. There's something about electrical and resistance. If it's too high resistance, there is a thing called amperage that will go through the roof. The next thing, if you don't have a good breaker, you're going to start smelling smoke because you're going to burn it up. Even in any type of relationship, you will burn that relationship up if you're resistant. And that's what he's saying. Don't be like those of the past. Be non-resistant to the Holy Spirit and do what he says. Do what he says. Last week, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Chris talked about responsibility and expectation. And those responsibilities. See, we're doing something new. And you're supposed to be, you're, you got a responsibility when you do, and that's something new. And there's an expectation what we think is going to happen. But I'll tell you, God likes to completely just show up and show out. Because if he did it our way, one, it would be messed up. <laughs> because there's many times I've thought of how things are supposed to be. And God pulls it out another way, and I'm going, that's the only way it could have been. We got to just be expectant to know that He is our way maker. He is our miracle worker. He is our light in the darkness. He is the one for us. He's the one that ain't never changing. He's the one that's going to get it done. It may be different how he does it this week than he did it last week. But just be non-resistant and allow God to work in you, uh, work in this, this body, and just let us reach the world for the lost. Let us start, you know, again, Pastor Kevin, He's sitting there talking this morning, talking about miracles and things happening. I'll tell you, if we would allow the Spirit to fully move in this house. Oh, I don't know. I ain't never seen that, uh, 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 all that dancing, whole, uh, uh, Honda bow tie talking, uh, all that stuff going on. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Understand this. 
I'm just skipping ahead, but I'm going to. There was a time when there was a bunch of folks together in this room. They had just 50 days before watched the man they follow be beat. He had to drag a cross to a hill outside the city, be hung up before the whole world to be seen, and die a death that nobody in here would ever want to die. And that's on the cross. But they had an inkling of hope because three days later, he rose again and he walked around for 40 days and he spoke to each one of them. One of them even got to stick his finger in the side. Stick the, in, his, in his wrist. It is you, Lord. But they still, they had to sit there and listen to some of his last words where he said, look, I got to go. Dad's calling. But we're going to give you something that's, even, that's better. Because I got to go so you can be empowered with the same spirit I was. You're fixing to be empowered with the same dunamis power, the power that is, that is dynamite power, the power that can raise people from the dead, that can heal, the power that can deliver. That same power you're fixing to receive, and you're going to do greater. Wait a minute. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, said we are to do what greater? I want you to exactly look around the church world today. Are we living up to greatness? That means there's a lot of resistance. I ain't just talking about it in here, please. Okay? I love y'all. I'm talking about the world, the church, the body, the body of Christ. I ain't talking about First Baptist. I ain't talking about First Methodist. I ain't talking about the church of God, the assemblies. I ain't talking about, I'm talking about all of us. We need to be less resistant. A more of a conduit. We need to allow miracles to happen. We need to allow things to happen. There's seven words of a resistant church. Some people say this, this I, I used to hear this as seven words of a dying church. I'm going to call it seven words of a resistant church, and that's this. I ain't even going to speak them. How many of y'all ever heard that? I ain't saying here. I mean, any church. How many of y'all ever heard that? That's resistive words. That's doing what? We are not supposed to grieve. What? Grieving isn't just, you know, making him sad. That is resisting him. Not allowing him to move freely. We got a pastor right now that is trying to open this body up and allow the Holy Spirit to just flow in this house. We got a pastor and we got an associate pastor and his wife. We have a staff. We have music, music people that are ready to, we have to be open. Well, I don't know if I like that song. Are you singing it for you or are you singing it for Well, I don't know if that was enough praising. Well, who are you praising? Are you praising the music up here? Oh, man, go, Ryan, go. No. 
You know what Ryan would do? He'd put his guitar down and probably say, I ain't playing again if you say that again. I know he, I can kind of, I'm, I'm pretty kindred with him so far. We're, we're, we're nerd connected. <laughs> but I understand his, I, I could see his worship. We're in here to worship who? We're not in here to worship the singers. We're not in here to praise the drummer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> both of you sitting side by side. I got you both. But we're not sitting here, pastor. He's our pastor. He's our leader. He's our shepherd. Let me want to tell you one of the worst things you can do to this man. You follow him. You listen to him. You pray for him. Don't lift him up and exalt him. Because I'll tell you, he, it can hurt him. You think it's being nice. Oh, I'm loving my pastor. I'm doing. You put him on a pedestal that, guess what? We're all men. We're all men. I love my pastor to death. He's one of the reasons why we stayed here too. I mean, we saw the love. We saw love in this place. We knew when we saw love, we knew this was our house. This was our family. But the whole thing, we got to love him as our shepherd, as our leader. He's no greater. The one we exalt is who? Jesus, God, Jehovah. Who, that is who we exalt. Who we, who we honor as our pastor and who we are obedient to is our pastor. But be careful lifting him up and exalting him because the only thing you're doing is setting him up to be a disappointment to you. And guess what? He don't. He's not up here to, for you. He's up here because God's called him. And I can see it all over him. And I'll tell you what you need to do is pray for him. You pray for him. This has been a hard two weeks for him, I guarantee you. I understand when stuff like this happens. It can really, it can shake a man's ministry. But I guarantee, I can just, I feel it that he's not shook. If anything, we need to be praying that he comes in here more on fire than he was after his one-month sabbatical. And we just sit here and get so lost in the Holy Spirit next week that we, well, the, the kids are going, but he's going to be here. And it's just going to drip off of him like the oil dripping off of Aaron. Because that's what he is. We don't need to be resistive to him. That is actually lifting him up like that is being resistive to him because you're putting him at a higher plane. And guess what? He's on our plane. He, shepherds don't sit on a hillside. Well, they do look down at the sheep. But guess what? They have to get down and get dirty. They got to smell like their sheep. They can't walk around up here on the mountaintop and go, they'll take care of themselves. <laughs> hey, get over here. Matt, and go on. <laughs> He'll be chasing more than the one because our pastor gets all up in it. He's, un, he's not, he don't think of himself like that. He don't think of himself, he don't offer up resistance. He's all in amongst the sheep. Our pastor stinks. Sorry about that, brother. <laughs> he's all up in with the sheep. Amen. Amen. Examples of resistance the children of Israel delivered out of bondage they watch first before that they see all the plagues and they're not even bothered by them they watched the night of the angel of death and when they applied the blood of the lamb on the doorpost 
and how they were bypassed and they saw and they were finally free and these were some of the most complaining folk I ever seen if I was Moses and that's why I wasn't I wasn't Moses me and that rod would have walked some people upside the head I'm sorry I love you but hush They get to the edge of the river. God's done delivered, and they get to the edge of the, uh, not the river, the sea, and the, the, the sea opens. They're screaming, oh, we're going to get God. I love speaking Southern. <laughs> we're going to get God. Here they come. Here comes all the chariots, and they come across, and they get across, and then they turn around, and Moses stood. Okay, they're about halfway. <sighs> and then they, ah, look what the Lord has done. Let's get out here, walk around for a little while. Let's hope. Oh, Okay, Lord. Moses is sitting there. The Lord says, send some spies in there. Oh, okay, I'll send spies in there. I'll send these guys in here. And let me send these two young whippersnappers. These two young guys. Let's send Caleb in. He, he's like, he's like, excuse me. Hold my water and watch what I do. Type of guy. Then let's send Joshua in because he can kind of level Caleb out a little bit, but they, these two guys, they're, they're younger. Let's get a younger perspective. And then all of a sudden they come back from spying on the land, and they go, oh, we can take it. These two young bucks are like, woo, let's do it. They had to have been part southern. They had to have been, woo, we can do this, let's do it. And then we got all these other, nope, we can't do it. God sent them in for a reason. Two people said we could do it. The rest were resistant. When they crossed the Jordan, out of all of those people that were alive that day, that day, there was only two that was left of that generation. The rest were the generations born later and have been raised up and weren't part of that decision-making process. And guess what? Who were those two? Joshua God. Because they were non-resistant to what God wanted. And they got to see the blessing. And they got to do. We need to be just like Joshua and Caleb. Caleb, he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible because I'll tell you, that man fought all the way up to, I think it was 88. He was the last to receive his blessing once they crossed over. He fought in every battle for everybody else's land. And then he sat there and said, okay, now I'll take my land. He's one, of the, he's one of the oldest folk. Him and, they're the oldest guys there, and he's still fighting the battle. He's being completely part of the family, part of the move, and he wasn't resistant. I don't care if there's walls. I don't care if they, God told me to shut up and walk around this thing seven times. You know, God must have been really tired of all that complaining out in the desert because he made them shut up for seven days. Sometimes we just need to hush and listen to the Lord. And you never know when that miracle's coming. And we just shut up. He's heard you. Now, I'll tell you, you can pray. I'm not saying don't pray. And I'm also one of these that doesn't believe in, okay, Lord, I'll leave it at your feet, and that's it. I believe in persistent prayer, but I don't believe in persistent whining. I believe in God. I'm laying this at your feet, and I know you can do it. And if it's the next day, God, I, you know I've left this at your feet, and I know you're going to do it. I might do it every single day for 30 days. I'm not going to whine about it. I'm going to pray about it. 
and I'm going to leave it at his feet and know he is God. Amen? But seven days he shut them up. And then one of the other people is uh, that were resistant, we all know this story because he come out smelling like a fish. Jonah. A prophet. A man of God. Who knew what he was supposed to do and ran the other way. He'll get your attention. I don't think anybody's going to end up in the mouth of a large mouth bass. But I'll tell you, he'll get your attention. And when you come out of him getting your attention, you might not smell the best. But he will get your attention. Don't be resistive. Follow what God... Can you imagine what would have happened if Jonah would have just said, Yes, Lord, yes. It was an example. It needed to be... And it needed to be taught. And... God used it, and it's a lesson for each. But can you imagine how much easier it would have been? One, there wouldn't have been a bunch of guys out on a boat that would have had to gone through that storm. That's all Jonah's fault. Two, there wouldn't have been a giant whale out there that would have had three days' worth of indigestion. Three, he wouldn't have come out smelling like whale intestines. And four, he would have got that nation's attention a lot quicker. But yes, a lot of people, now I understand, that got their attention. All of a sudden, this guy gets spit up by a fish on their beach. And that nation's number one God at that time was half human and half fish. See how God works. But let's not be resistive. He's going to get the job done. Let's don't be resistant. Let's be conduits. Lastly is Peter. I think we heard this one already. Matthew 16 and 21. Now, right before this, you've got to understand, Peter was, Peter was riding high. Who they say I am? Oh, you're one of, y'all are the, you're the, one of the prophets. Who you say I am? You're the Messiah. He just looked at him. Oh, the Spirit doesn't talk to you. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this in just normal talk. The Spirit done got a hold of you and told you exactly who I am. Me being the Messiah, I'm fixing to change your name to the Rock. But guess what? The Rock, the the whole that everything will be built on is knowing that I am Messiah. It ain't built on faith. It's built on the Rock of the foundation of Jesus Christ being the Messiah. And Peter was like, yeah, Lord. yep, I was used by the Holy Spirit. <sighs> yes, I am. Then all of a sudden, Jesus starts spitting these words out, and Peter, Peter's a fisherman. Peter's a sailor. Peter, I, I, unfortunately, I got a lot of Peter in me. I do. I relate with him so well. It says, from then on, Jesus began to tell the disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. In verse 22, okay, here comes holier than thou, Peter. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit talk to him. He said, but Peter took him aside. Pastor Kevin, come here, please. Oh, he walked out. 
Yeah, don't you be looking like that. You know who I'm looking at. Hey, Pastor DJ, how you doing? Let me tell you, this is something that's going on I don't agree with. This ain't how we've done it before here. You know, I've accepted the name change, but... Oh. Peter looked at Jesus. I'm done with you. <laughs> Everyone welcome Pastor DJ back. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him, saying such things as, Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen. Peter, you've gone from operating in the spirit to operating in the flesh in about 2.5 seconds. I've done it. And I've been taken to the holier now woodshed. I'll tell you. But he looks at him real quick and says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human. You are seeing things merely from a human. You seeing things in the flesh, Peter. You ain't operating in the spirit. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. Now, I'll tell you, we are all, we do have what's called discernment. I mean, there is a gift of discernment. And understand the gift of discernment isn't going up and going, I think you got a problem, brother. <laughs> the gift of discernment is this. Do you think it is, it is the Spirit of God? Is it of the Spirit of flesh? Or is it of the Spirit of Antichrist? That's discernment. When things are moving, God will give discernment. You will understand if things are of flesh. So many people want to give the devil too much due also. A lot of times we operate in the, the spirit of the flesh, and we go, oh, the devil made me do it. No, you did it. You're the one that went to went and did, spent all your money and didn't, don't have money for your power bill. The devil didn't make you do it. But we have a spirit of discernment, and I'll tell you, if you allow that discernment, to, it will be positive or negative. No, you don't need me. But when we actually open ourselves up to where our pastor is leading us in the spirit and people like Brother Bo also is moving and other people are starting to move and things are in how God is moving with the spirit, if we allow to ourselves to open up and realize this and understand this is of the Lord. It may not be how it was done yesterday. It may not. I'll tell you one thing. There was a reason I think he made those people eat manna out in the desert. Because they needed something new every day. They needed to learn how to trust in the Lord every day. And even when they got whiny and he had to send a, uh, the covey of quail in to help it out, he still was providing. It may, have you all ever heard of food falling out of the sky? Yeah, that was, yeah, okay. I got these you talking about meatballs falling out. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. But I'll tell you one thing. Have you ever heard of it before, the manna? No. Who would ever thought? But guess what? Did God change? No, he just did something new. 
He provided. He's always been our provider, right? But he provided in a new way. You know what? Unfortunately, some folks this day and time, I ain't touching that stuff. You don't know where it comes from. Wait a minute. The Lord just provided. God just provided. First Corinthians 2 and 9, this is why we should not be resistant. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen or no ear has heard or no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that love. I ain't even jumping to the next one yet. No eye has seen, no ear has, well, we ain't never done it that way before. No mind has ever imagined. I can't fathom how that could possibly be. Imagine, we can't fathom everything, how God does things. I mean, you just think about it. How in the world? There was this vast void, and our Lord was there. And our Lord was there in three at that moment. There was still the Son and Spirit also in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. And I think when he formed this earth, he formed this earth, and who hovered over the, uh, over the void of this earth? The Spirit. So guess what? It was all there. And then all of a sudden, how can you fathom that this God would sit there and have the ability to just think, to do this and go, Milky Way. Using his holy big sun. Ooh, that thing's bright. Put some planets around it and put them perfect. And let me make this one that I want to put creatures on that, that will sit there and worship me and I'll be able to have a relationship with. I'll call them man. And I will put them, and I, let me put them on this planet, and they're eventually one day going to call it Earth. But I'm going to put it at the exact angle and the exact distance that is perfect from this burning orb of gas that would burn them up if they were one degree off or freeze them if they were one degree off that way. Now tell me, and no mind has imagined, how can you know everything God's going to do? Or you expect to know, oh, this ain't, God won't do it this way. We got to be conduits of unresistance and let how God wants to do it. Because he's prepared a bunch of stuff for us. We just got to allow it to flow through us. I'll go on to the next verse. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep spirit. A secret. Understand this. When Pastor GJ comes up here and says, Body, I have, we're going to be doing this. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Destiny was our old name. He's given us a new name. What we need to do is go, Yes, Lord, that is, speak to the man of God, and we fall in behind it. Because you can't be resistant. And that was just the beginning. That is just the beginning. A name change. That's just the beginning. We got to allow God to work. Don't be the resistor out here. We don't need a bunch of blown fuses or blown up uh, circuit breakers. 
We need a bunch of people that will be conduits that will allow to be freely to flow through and allow God to move in this house and throughout this area so God will just explode. We need to allow this to happen. I'm going to skip off of that. I am going to go into my next scripture. I'm going to Acts. I'm skipping Matthew, the, Matthew also. Well, no, go to Matthew 16 and 24. I'm sorry. One more back. Oh, we got Matthew 24, 16 and 24. I wrote it down wrong. Let me read this. I knew I messed that up. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. You ain't got God on a leash. You ain't going to be dragging him. Y'all ever seen them people got them big old pit bulls that look like, they look like Mike Tyson with four legs. I mean, and it's like they get drunk. I, a 250-pound man getting drugged through the park by this bulldog. You try to put a leash on God, and guess what? He's going to drag you all over the place. But we are supposed to be open to him. If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. I might take you down a path you've never been. Children's minister. Children's. Had to learn to be happy. Had to learn to mess with kids all the time. Had to learn, that was some of the easiest ministry I ever did in my life. Enjoyed watching how kids would just absorb. There was no resistance in children's ministry. These kids want to do it. Now, every once in a while, you'd have a kid that'd act up and stuff. Not like these golden children and these youth we have here. I'm going to get y'all meatballs falling out of the sky. But I can tell you this much. They absorbed in watching the miracles and me listening to God. I got to watch a young man, and I mentioned him earlier. His name's J.J. J.J. had some issues. J.J. was on a lot of medicine. J.J. J.J. just, he's every A.D., whatever, whatever, he was diagnosed with. He had issues, but Brother Rick loved him. I had a study one time, and we went through this book of John. And we did it over 21 weeks. You do 21, you do something 21 times in a row, guess what? You form a what? Habit. So, the book of John, 21 chapters. Y'all can use that. I like it. Y'all can use it. No, but we went through it. Now, I had a bullet point about every chapter. And we went from chapter 1 to chapter 21. J.J., the problem child. J.J., the one who could repeat scripture almost as well as most adults. At the end of that, he went from chapter, he repeated every bullet point from chapter 1 to 21. It got him a major prize, you know. But he's a troublemaker. He was the one that ain't going to listen. He's the one, and that just made, because I listened to God, because he said, take time with him. Don't give up on him. I listened to what Lord had, and he said, do, do, 
I love him just like I love you. Share. And here, here he is. You know what? That one, I, I was in training. I was still in a lot of my uh, uh, ministerial training through the Church of God. And by the time J.J. got to chapter 21 and spit that out, I almost had a running session in my little children's church. My children's church was smaller than this stage. And it was full of chairs and everything, and a puppet thing. I almost started shouting, running, and everything else, because I watched God work in that young man's life. Because I was not resistant to what He wanted to do. That's how we should be. You never know how you, with you answering, how that is going to affect the kingdom. We don't need to be resistant. Now we'll go to Acts chapter 2. This is the result of non-resistance. Acts 2 and 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were, and this is going to, okay, I wanted to go New, everything's been NLT. I wanted to go the New King James Version because there's this word in here that I wanted to see. Okay, where's 2? Take it back to 2 and 1 because that word's up there. It should say, and on the day Pentecost had fully come, and there were with one accord in one place. That word accord, I guess I messed up again. I guess one didn't get in accord. Unfortunately, NLT, the TPT, and all that stuff like to leave accord out. But accord, we and it's not a Honda. They were all in one accord. In other words, if you look at the Greek word, accord is homo which means unanimous. They were all in agreement. They were unanimous in their belief and staying in that upper room for 10 days after our after they had watched it. You know, I'd gotten into it a, a little while ago. You got to realize they watched for those three days. Then they watched for 40 days and they walked with them again. He ascends into heaven and then they have to wait. And they're sitting there waiting they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, but they're still believing. They're believing in exactly what, and they, there is no wavering. They're unanimous in their belief. And then out of nowhere, Acts 2 and 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house they were sitting in. Now you go 2 and 3. It must not be. There it is. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire and sat upon each and every one of them. In other words, us, those of us trained in the Pentecostal world, I guess this is like our mantra. Then there appeared divided, and the Holy Spirit has now fell on earth. The Holy Spirit has now fell upon them. The Holy Spirit has been, it was been moving but now it is upon them and they are being filled with it and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit verse 4 and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance now this is just one of the gifts but there was a reason why they did this they were doing this because at the time this was actually we call this Pentecost we call ourselves those that believe in this call their, a lot of us call ourselves Pentecostal but, but the whole thing this was a Jewish holiday of Pentecost it was the 50th day after what no 50th day after the true Jewish it was the 50th day after what was Jesus and them celebrating Passover it was the day of Pentecost it was a Jewish religion. 
But there was all these folks from all over. There was people from Ethiopia. There were people. There was all these Jews. There were Greek Jews. There were Jew Jews. They were all Jews, all from all over. They all spoke a different tongues. Now, when these folks filed out of this house, this upper room, guess what? They were non-resistant. They were filled with the Holy. They began to speak in these people's language. Oh, they just drunk. I'm sorry. I don't think I would fall out of a bar speaking Spanish. <laughs> the only, in my day, if I spoke Spanish after I'd been in a bar and I was drunk, I was usually ordering a Taco Bell. <laughs> These folks weren't drunk. These folks were speaking Greek. These people were speaking uh, 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 all different languages. They weren't drunk. They were empowered. They were empowered in a way that they had never felt. It was something new. And what did this lead to? Remember we talked about Peter? See, Peter did more than just tell the Lord, you ain't going to do this. Peter decided he was going to deny the Lord. Peter denied him three times. One of the most poignant parts of The Passion, the movie The Passion, is that third time in the movie. And I could see Christ in that house and the little girl that come up. Now, you want to, in some translations, Peter cussed that little girl. He didn't just say no, go away. He cussed that little uh, sailor coming out, fisherman coming out of him. Plain and simple. But in that movie, it was so poignant because at that moment, the the cock crows and he looks up and they make eye contact. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. What's the difference between him and Judas? Judas sold him out. Peter denied him. When Jesus did the communion, he knew Peter. He told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. When he handed communion to Judas, he knew Judas was fixing to sell him out for a bunch of silver. But the one thing, Peter was reinstated by the Lord because Peter realized what he had done. And he continued on. One of the greatest miracles of the Bible that could have been if a person was not a resistant, would not have been resistant. I think would have been the one that sold him. Instead of throwing the money back at the changers, running to your land and killing yourself, Peter ran to the feet of Jesus. He, he had a chance. This is my opinion, okay? He had a chance. It would have been one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. One of the greatest stories of forgiveness because I'll tell you, Jesus would have looked at him and said, you were just fulfilling what you had to do. You have, you have repented. He would have, but he decided to take his own life instead of giving his life. Amen? That's good, ain't it?
But the whole thing about it is this. Peter, denier, he's been Satan, walks out of that house with a boldness that he'd never probably had before. He's a stupid sailor, fisherman. And he stands there and goes, these men are not drunk. But they are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 men were saved. A denying, devil-filled fisherman. He was not a learned man. He was not learned in scripture. Oh, I can't do it. But he was open. He was a conduit. He allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him. And 3,000 men, I'm not pushing you ladies because in that time you know how they wrote ladies. That's 3,000 men were accounted for. Okay, let's say 75% of those were married. The wives followed. Back then, the wives followed. They mean that was, so that's 75% of 3,000. Y'all do the math. So let's just keep multiplying. And ever since then, because of people that were conduits to the move of the Spirit and to God, generations have been saved. Moves of God have happened. What we need to do is be the conduit. What we need to do is be the conduit. What we need to do is be in one accord. Let us be the conduit of God and his Holy Spirit. Let us provide no resistance to what is in store for us just and just us here at the gathering. But for the move also in all of Alabama, in all of the United States, in all of the world. Let's don't use those seven words. I ain't never done it like that. God, however you want to move, I am here for you. Lord, however you speak to our leadership, I will fall in line. I want everyone to stand to your feet. This is going to be a little bit different today, and I hope Pastor doesn't mind how this is going to play out. Today, I'm going to challenge each and every one of you to be open to what our pastor is leading us into. He has a board of elders. They're all, they meet, they all, that they are all in agreement, pastors, they all, and we as the flock follow without resistance. I'm going to challenge you today to accept to be of being a conduit for God in this house. Following the lead of our pastor, our elders board, uh, all of those in leadership. You may not like what the song sounds like, but guess what? You can still worship. You may not like that the bass is thumping, 
but we do have earplugs. You may not like that I've challenged you, but the Lord's asking me to do this this morning. I'm going to ask. This is different. I want everybody who is willing to be a conduit for God and for this church and for him to move in us in a mighty way. I want you to take both hands. Oh, I don't raise my hands, brother. I want you to take both hands and I want you to raise them high in the air. I want you to raise them up. I want you to start praying that God's will start falling on this house, that it starts falling on our pastor, that the Holy Spirit starts moving. We're going to have us an upper room time. We're going to be unanimous in everything. We're going to be uh, 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 in one accord, and we're going to ask that the Spirit move on this house. Holy Spirit, move in this house. Lord, right now, wherever Pastor DJ is, and Sister Jules, I hope you just flood them with such a rush of the Holy Spirit. He has, to, if he's on the road, he has to pull over. Lord, I ask that you just fall fire down on him in a mighty way. Lord, right now, we are conduits of your move in this house. We are conduits of your move in this area. We are conduits of the, your move wherever you want us to go. Lord, we're following the Great Commission. Lord, we're following what you have for us. We ask that you empower us with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you empower us with dunamis power, with the power of dynamite, with the power to do great things, that there be healings, that there be deliverances, that drugs paraphernalia starts being piled up on this stage, that uh, uh, syringes start being put up, packs of cigarettes, bottles, I don't care. Put your bottle of Jack Daniels up here. Put your crutches in the corner. Lord, right now, move in this house. Holy Ghost, move in this house. Fall like a mighty wind in this house. Holy Spirit, start praying, folks. Start praying. This is your time. This is your time with him. Holy Spirit, right now. Holy Ghost, right now. Thank you, Lord. I'm a way maker. Thank you, Lord. I don't care what your situation is. You may be going, well, I don't know if I can break through. They sung a song a few minutes ago. It was called Waymaker. He can make a way for you. He can make a way for you. I want the prayer partners up front. I want them up front. I don't want you to be afraid today. You're in a house that people love you. If you need it, if you need, if you need that way maker today, you come up front. There are people that are spirit filled up here that are ready to pray with you. Don't be afraid. Don't go, oh, what are people going to think? They're going to think glory to God. They're getting what I need. Come on. If you need to move, move now. Don't be scared. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, move in this house. Lord, I pray if those that feel like they have an anchor on them, that it be loose right now and the freedom come about them. Lord, right now, I ask that you move. Waymaker. Plow it open, Lord. Make that way. Light in the darkness. 
Thank you. stay up here. There's somebody in here. They're going to stay up here. Those of y'all that still feel like praying, pray. They ain't going to keep singing for a little bit. I'm going to close it out. Y'all need to give offering. They're waiting with baskets. Give online. Pay your tithe. 
Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, you are the way maker. You are our miracle worker. More than anything, you are our light in this dark, dark world. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, I pray an anointing on our pastor wherever he is on the road. Like I said, I hope he was able to pull over. I pray that you just pour out on him in such a mighty way. Lord, I pray for each and every person in this house. I pray that a fresh anointing would fall on them. This week they would hunger and just crave you and worship and just be flooded with your spirit. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I worship you. I pray a blessing on each one in here. I pray a blessing of safety on each one in here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love y'all. 